In a coal mine in town Southern West Virginia He'd walk up and down Along Route 3 He wore a dirty trucker's cap And some hand-me-down clothes Had a mind that never left Five years old Dallas didn't have a vest But he'd wear his very best When it was time to go to church each Sunday morning In an old Ford truck We would stop and pick him up I hope we sing my song at church He'd say it tells about where Jesus saved me And the church sang at the cross Where I first saw the light And the burdens of my heart rolled away It was there by faith And I received my sight And now I am happy all the day
Hello and welcome to A Few Minutes in God's Book, where we take just a few minutes to preach and teach from God's book, the King James Bible. Amen. Thank you so very much for taking the time to be with me today to hear this message that I have for you, and I pray that it's a blessing and a help to you. Amen. Uh, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to continue on uh, with the series, Christ's Purposes. And this is part three, and I'm going to deal with uh, Christ fulfilling the law and the prophets. So please go with me to Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five, and we will read verses 17 and 18. All right. Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Starting in verse 17, the King James Bible says this, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets, but I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Verse 18, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise Pass from the law to all be fulfilled. So what does it mean to fulfill? The word fulfill is found in the Bible 24 times in 23 verses. The first time being Genesis chapter 29 verse 27 and the last being Revelation 17 17. So let's go ahead and let's go to Genesis 29. Genesis 29. And uh, let's see if we can get a definition from the first time that fulfill is used. So uh, let's start in um, verse 25. And it come to pass that in the morning, behold, it was laid. And I said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Then verse 27, Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other days years okay so um, a week is seven years okay and uh, and Jacob he um, he served Laban seven years and uh, he thought that he was going to get Rachel but uh, but he got um, lay instead. All right, and so now he has to, to uh, serve Laban again another seven years to get Rachel. He had to fulfill her week. Week is seven years. So uh, what uh, fulfill means is to accomplish or to complete. All right, so, so Christ said he, he come to fulfill the law and the prophets, right? So what does the law and the prophets mean? Uh, what do they consist of? The law refers to the Pentateuch. Okay, that is the first five books of the Bible. 
and they're written by Moses. Okay, so go to Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. And um, let's read here verses 24 to 27. Deuteronomy 31, verses 24 to 27. Let's see. And it come to pass when Moses had made an end of writing the words of, of this law in a book until they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it in the side of the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. In verse 27, For I know thy rebellion, thy stiff neck. Behold, while I am yet alive with you this day, yet ye have been rebellious against the Lord, and how much more after my death. Okay, so the book, the words of this law in a book. He wrote the words of the law in a book. Okay, so the prophets, the prophets include the major and minor prophets, uh, such as Isaiah, Jeremiah, etc. Uh, but they also include those from the historical books and the poetry books, such as Samuel, Gad, Daniel, etc. Okay, now, when it comes to the law, let's look at Romans 3.31. Romans 3.31. Romans 3.31 says, well, let's start in verse 30. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. So what that means is that the law is in effect for every lost, unsaved person who will not accept the free gift of salvation by faith. Okay, it is like the speed limit laws. Right? If you are one that uh, drives down the road obeying the speed limit laws, then those speed limit laws are not for you. Those are for those that disobey. All right? Now, look at Matthew 3. I'll show you something in Matthew 3. And uh, let's, let's read, starting in verse 13. Then cometh Jesus unto Galilee, to Jordan, unto John, to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said, listen to what he says. Said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. 
Okay, so the law by no means in this church age, in this dispensation that we live in, is a way of salvation. The Old Testament, they had to keep the law. But we do not have to keep the law to be saved. Look at Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, so we see there that we are saved by grace, through faith. Okay, not of ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. Nothing we can do will save us. Okay? Not of works. Thus any man should boast. Okay, and then verse 10 tells us why we are saved. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay, so... We should walk in them. We are saved to serve. We are saved to do good works for the Lord. We should walk in those good works. Okay? Um, now, because of what Christ did, He shed His precious blood, uh, died a cruel, horrible death on that cross, was buried, rose again the third day, uh, we no longer need to obey the law. Okay, uh, don't need to keep the commandments. Uh, we do not uh, need to uh, have our works demonstrate our faith. Okay, Christ changed it at the cross. Now, uh, look at uh, Colossians chapter 2. 11 to 15. We no longer, no longer have to uh, sacrifice animals and, and so forth. Okay? Christ shed his blood for us. Now, um, look at verse 11, starting in verse 11. Whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Okay, that is the spiritual circumcision, where uh, the Spirit cuts away, the Holy Spirit cuts away the soul from the flesh. Okay, and then verse 12, buried with him in baptism, when also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who had raised him from the dead. Okay, that is Holy Spirit baptism. That is not water baptism. Okay, now... Uh, verse 13, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, had he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out, pay attention to verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Okay, so notice verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Now, you have three 
three um, branches of the law. You have you have the uh, the moral law, the civil law, and the ceremonial law. The ceremonial law was nailed to to Christ's cross. Okay, so we don't need to sacrifice animals and all that anymore. All right, now uh, go to Hebrews chapter nine. Hebrews chapter nine. And let's start in verse 11. Uh, this is a little bit long, so, uh, so please bear with me here. But I want to read this so that you see. But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say not of this building, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Christ shed his blood one time. He never, ever has to do that again. Okay, verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and of the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression that was under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead, otherwise there is no strength at all, while the testator liveth. So doctrinally, the New Testament did not start in Genesis 1.1. Doctrinally, the New Testament starts at the death of Christ on the cross. The death of the testator. Okay, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know if they have them here in the Philippines. I, I don't think so. But uh, in the States, uh, we have um, our last will and testament. You know, and, and those, uh, you know, we go to a lawyer and, and they write that up. And uh, uh, we say where we want our belongings to go and who we want them to belong to uh, when we die. All right. Uh, but that that is not in effect while we live. It goes in effect when we die. Okay? So, verse 18, Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood, for when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of the of blood is no remission. Okay, almost all things. See that? 
Uh, verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Verse 25, Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. Okay, so he offered himself once. He died only once. He will never ever have to die again. It is finished, right? Verse 26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the, in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it appointed to men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, unto them that, that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Okay, so the cross of Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, his shedding of, of his precious blood changed everything. He fulfilled the law and the prophets. All right, he fulfilled righteousness. Okay, now, in this dispensation, in this church age that we live in, our own righteousness will not save us. So whose righteousness do we need? We need the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. If you are in Christ, when God looks at you, He looks at you as he sees his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God. Amen. We need the Lord's righteousness. Not our own. Not our self-righteousness. You, you remember Adam and Eve when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they knew that they were naked. <clears throat> and and uh, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. They tried to cover up their sin. And that is a type and picture of self-righteousness. Self, self, self. All right, but we need the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so that is um, about Christ fulfilling the law and the prophets. And pray that uh, this uh, message uh, was a blessing and a help to you. Amen. Now, uh, before I go, I want to play a song for you.
uh, and um, it's a hymn, and it's entitled, I Know He Is Mine, and it's sung by the Precious Name Singers. Pray that it's a blessing to you, amen. 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 Praise God. Now, uh, do you love the Lord? He loves you if you're saved. If you're His, He loves you. Now, if you are not saved, you are not His. You want to experience the love of God? The love of God is found at the cross. Amen. Just put your faith and trust in Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. And you'll be His. Amen. All right. Thank you so very much for being with me today. Thank you for your prayers for me and uh, my family, for the ministry that he has entrusted us with. Until next time, God bless you.